Amen. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ for His goodness and grace. Everything that we need is in Him. Everything that we are is in Him. Everything that we will be is in Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. One of them, hallelujah, one of them. Well, I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. One of them, hallelujah, one of them. Oh, I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. There are people almost everywhere whose hearts are all away with the fire. been blood-bought, blood-washed, saved, sealed, sanctified, delivered, 
healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's sing that song. Um, oh, my. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Maybe we can stand together. Probably had a hard day today. Maybe we're tired. I am, but I'm here to serve, worship God. And I'm not going to let the devil have the glory. This flesh. I like, you know, my, uh, when I was a boy, I was going to Greenshaw Church and Brother Gunther was my pastor. Some of you know who he was. And, and um, he would talk to himself. You know, being a pastor, you you go through all kinds of battles and trials and testings. And he told us, he talked to himself. He'd say, self, now you smile. Self, you're going to be happy. Self, you're going to rejoice. So that's what I'm saying tonight. Self, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to serve the Lord. doesn't matter what I feel like, how tired I am. I'll be tired again tomorrow, but tonight I'm here in church and I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm here to receive from God all that He has for me. Amen. Hallelujah. And I just want to open up the channels. Let the conduit of the Holy Spirit come in flooding into my soul. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing this. Oh, time is filled with swift transition. Yeah. 
Thank you, Lord. We have a couple of testimonies to share with you. On Sunday, we had uh, been given a prayer request for our brother Larry, a musician. <clears throat> and he would just uh, like to thank everyone for praying. He's recovering well. And um, I believe he's out of the hospital. And um, I said he says he will, ba- will be back in service as soon as he can. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Mike Ganyu also wants to give an update on Sister Debbie. He says that COVID devil is broken and she is well on the way to recovery. Many thanks to the saints who have stormed heaven for us. Your prayers have been heard and we trust we can be in church on Sunday. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Brother Luis, Sr., wants to give a testimony. He was working yesterday and... uh, a pallet weighing around a thousand pounds fell on three of his fingers and no broken bones. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. We're thankful for that. Amen. Our God is so gracious. His angels encamped around about us. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Mike, could I ask you to come and pray with us tonight? I just want to continue to remember those that are in need. Our brother Henry, brother Milko, and sister sister Helen Billisberger, and different ones that are shut in. Amen. We just want to remember our brothers and sisters in prayer. Bear bear one another's burdens. Amen. God bless you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we must begin this prayer with giving you all the glory and the praise, Lord. Thank you for, Lord, what you've done, Lord, hearing the testimonies of your people, Lord. Lord, for we do indeed pray. We do indeed believe. Lord, it's so good to hear the testimony back. Lord, that you heard the prayer. Lord, and you responded to the faith, Lord, that you placed in the hearts of your people. And Lord, that we can lift up your name and give you the glory. For that's the complete cycle. That, Lord, we can praise you and adore you and say, Thank you, our Lord and Jesus, our Savior, our Healer. Thank you for touching Sister Debbie. Thank you for touching Brother Luis, Lord, in his need, in this situation at his workplace, Lord. And Lord, oh God, we give you so much praise and thanksgiving. Our brother Larry, Lord, in a hospital. COVID, Lord, trying to, Lord, disrupt his life, Lord. But, Lord, you intervened on this scene. Lord, you are the same God, Lord Jesus, to yesterday, today, and forever, as the scripture states. So we hold on, Lord, to the promise. You are the one that touched them. You can touch the needs of your people tonight, oh God. Lord, we're remembering our people, as Brother Nathan said, bearing them up into your throne room. Lord, somebody reached your throne, Lord, for these needs. Lord, may some
somebody is, Lord, they could just be a channel for you tonight to work through, oh God. That, Lord, I'm remembering our, our sister Laura still in great dire need, Lord, with cancer in her body. Lord Jesus, we once again rebuke that demon that would try to take her life, as the prophet said, prematurely. So, Satan, we stand against you once more. Our faith is ignited tonight, for we have a living God. You might think these are small needs before us, but it's proof that our God can heal. It's proof that our God can touch a body. So it's nothing to our God to touch our sister Laura. It's nothing for our God to touch our brother Milko. Raise him up from his bed. It's nothing to touch sister Ella and bring strength back to her feet. Lord, you are that kind of God. The God that works the impossible amongst your people. So once more tonight, Lord, we take this opportunity. Lord, maybe a prayer to open a service, but it's another time, another moment that we can speak to you and implore you and ask you and Lord reach out and say oh God touch your people once again tonight Lord Lord in body we ask but we also ask for a touch of the soul take brother Tim tonight into your hands oh God you know what you placed on his mind in his heart but Lord he could it could be something totally different as he walks onto this platform so I pray that you take him in such a unique direction that you channel his thoughts oh God and speak to our needs Lord we're not here much longer and Lord as we heard this song I just want to hear you say well done Lord that's what our desire of each son and daughter of God Lord whatever it is whatever we need if we need some sanding some coarse roughing up whatever it is Lord chastising whatever it takes we just want to hear well done so Lord we give you this service tonight your people are here to listen to respond and receive from you alone in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Just before we sit down, maybe we could just sing that song. It's already done. Just as a testimony. God answers prayer. Amen. It's already done.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can have your seats tonight. We have a special tonight with Sister Brianna. She's going to sing for us. Sister Brianna Dingwall, why don't you come on out and sing for us. We just want to greet you each and every one tonight. And so happy that we can gather together in the house of God and just fellowship around the Word. Amen. It's good to be here. I want to greet all those that are with us online, near and far. God bless you each one. Well, let's sing that chorus one more time. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. And the battle is over. The victory is won.
lovely song. And for with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. Praise God. We'll invite our brother Tim to come at this time. Maybe while he's coming, we could sing. I've just been having this song on my heart. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Amen. Longing for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's sing this together. As the deep had its
wonderful Heavenly Father. The song is written after your great servant David. In the Psalms said, My soul longeth after thee. As the deer panteth for the water. And Lord, we want to say that is our confession tonight. Our soul is longing after thee, O God. We are glad to be gathered together here and on the internet or wherever it might be, Lord, because you said you'd be gathered with us and our soul is longing after thee. We're desiring more of you tonight. We're desiring, Father, that you'll have the preeminence this evening. Just one word from you can change situations. Lord, you can come on the scene and move upon needs that are here, whether it be present or whether it be watching into this service tonight. Lord, you know every heart. Lord, you know every desire. You are the discerner of the thoughts and intents of every heart. It was good today to hear from Brother Larry, hear his voice on the phone and how you touched him. Thank you, Lord, for restoring our Brother Larry. Thank you, Lord, for restoring our sister Debbie, Lord. And thank you, Father, for everyone that you have touched. We give you glory. We give you praise. Lord, indeed, we bow our heads in humility. You are the great one that is in our midst, O God. You have called us by your name. You have redeemed us by your blood. You have placed us in position in your word. And Lord, we have but to yield ourselves unto you. And so we pray that, Lord, as you have inspired us through the days of study, yet, Lord, may you take the preeminence now and just direct your word the way that it should go, for your word is life. We ask your blessing as we read it and as we speak of it. We ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of John chapter 1. That's kind of my subtitle tonight, Brother Nathan, My Soul Longeth After Thee. The title of my sermon is The Answer is in the Logos. And uh, I want to, while you're turning to John chapter 1, if you just quickly put those slides on the screen for me. Uh, You have slides there, I trust. And uh, I'll just quickly show you. You don't have them up there. All right, well, we won't show you these pictures, which were so lovely. And uh, I was going to sh- show them to you another time. So uh, that's all right. We're not going to take any more time in the service to look at those. So let's turn to John chapter 1. And I'll give you that little update from the missions field at a future date. Amen. Do you love the Word? Amen. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. I want you to notice that verse three there. All things were made by him. Do you believe that? Then what do you have need of tonight? All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Let's just jump down to verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Therein is the problem, in that you don't realize who he is, 
And you don't realize who you are. If there's a problem, I'm not saying you particularly, but if you're struggling with something tonight, you don't realize that it's already done. You don't realize that the Creator has already taken care of it. Amen. In that He was in the world, the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, can you say amen to that? To them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. The Lord had His blessing to the Word. You may be seated. Amen. I want you to turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I'll actually turn to a couple of scriptures right away at the beginning here. We serve the Creator of all things. While you're turning to 1 John 5, I'll read you Colossians 1 and 16. It says, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones, He created them. Whether or dominions or principalities or powers All things were created by Him and for Him. Amen. Amen. We have a hard time confessing that the Canadian government was created by Him and for Him. We have a hard time confessing that the American government was created by Him and for Him. But actually even Lucifer was created by Him and for Him. And He does His job. And the government does their job. But we know who we are. Amen. And we know what we have been called into. And so in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14, it says these words. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Can you say amen to that? And if we know that He hear us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. And there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it, but all righteousness, all unrighteousness rather is sin and there is a sin not unto death. All right. So now here we have the scripture says, whatever you ask, even if you ask some, for somebody that has gone too far, you'll have what you ask for. Now that's a, that's a, that's a very broad scope. You know, if someone, you might say, well, that person has gone too far. You know, Brother Branham prayed for people that we might even say had gone too far, but God came on the scene for them. So in other words, what I'm saying is you can't have gone too far. Look at the prophet Abraham, how that he went in and told his wife to lie and tell him, you're my sister. And and yet in the midst of all that, God came to the king in a dream. He says, if you don't restore the man, his wife, he says that you're as good as a dead man. 
but he told me it was his sister, the king said. So you might say by outward works, the king was more righteous than Abraham, but God had an eternal purpose in Abraham. Amen. And so we might think sometimes we've made a terrible mistake. We've, we've made an awful, uh, decision. We, we've done something wrong. But I'll, I'll tell you, if we ask anything believing, you'll have what you ask for. Praise be to God. Let's go to James chapter four. James 4 and verse 1, back just a few pages from 1 John 5, says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not because you ask not. So it's simply asking. But James goes on, he says, You ask and receive not. Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lusts. So John says, ask and you shall receive if you ask believing, if we ask anything according to his will. But James says the problem that you ask and you don't receive is that you're asking for the wrong reason. You're asking to consume it upon your own lusts. You see, God is not interested in our desires. God is not interested in what our flesh feels like and what our spirit feels like. Now, don't get me wrong. He is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. All right? He is moved by our suffering. He does have a purpose in all things that we go through and all things that He allows us to go through. But in allowing us to go through them, there is a purpose in it that is greater than just the flesh. There is a purpose in it that is greater than just our spirit. There is something that is more. It is the sole desire that moves God. I'll just start there to this evening. It is the desire of the soul that moves God. It is not the desire of the flesh that moves God, nor is it the desire of the spirit or the mind. And I'll show you here. You can turn with me to Ephesians 2, but I'm just going to read it. You're familiar with it. In verse 1 it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So we have been quickened. To be quickened means to be made alive. You have been brought from death into life. We were dead in sins and trespasses. All right? Wherein in time past we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among who also, among whom also we all had our, our conversation in times past in the lusts of the flesh, Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath even as others. So the Bible describes where we came from. Of course the next verse is, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Amen. But it's describing where we come from. Where did this love bring us from? It brought us from the place where our conversation, so our actions, our purpose in life, was the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Amen? You have been quickened from that. You have been brought out of that. And we say amen. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. 
He's, he has empowered us to rise above the desires of the flesh. I'm trying to get everybody on the same page here. He's empowered you to rise above just your feelings. He's empowered you to rise above your imagination. To rise above your memory. He's empowered you to rise above your memories. He's empowered you to rise above the scars of your life. He's empowered you to rise above your conscience. He's empowered you to rise above your reasoning. Can you say amen to these things? He's empowered you to rise above your affections. Because he's not interested just in your human affections. And what kind of motivated me in this subject, I was asked a question by a young man not too long ago. We were talking about prayer Got a group of young men together and we were talking, well, it wasn't all young men. There was one old man that was there, but besides myself. And we were talking and, and talking about prayer and asking. And, I, and I, I laid out the question, I says, why do you pray for your children? That's pretty silent in here. Why do you pray for your children? Why don't you pray for your enemies? Bible says love your enemies. Do you love your children more than your enemies? Now the gears are really turning. (laughs) Why are we claiming our children? When the Bible says to have no respect of persons. I'm putting you on the spot, right? You're a son of God. But God gives you offspring. But why are you praying for them? Are you praying for your children more than you're praying for your next door neighbor? I would say most of us are. It's all right. And brother Tim, you're, you're, you're taking us out on a limb. We're waiting for you to cut it off. What, what is it about your prayers that you're, you're yearning for your children? What is that in you? And, and I said this, if it's just filial love, it avails nothing. If we're just praying for our children in the spirit realm, in human love, in human affection, we've got to go beyond human affection even for our children. We've got to go into that perfect agapo, God's own love, as we pray for our own children and rise above just because they're my children. But rather we pray for them, and I'll I'll give you the answer now, because there's a promise. Believe for you in your house. Amen. We have a promise. The promise doesn't say believe for you in your neighbor. Doesn't say believe for you in your enemy. But we love our enemies. Amen. Oh my. I'm taking you a little bit deeper tonight. I'm taking you beyond your own feelings. I want to take you beyond your flesh. And I want to take you beyond your own spirit. I want to take you into the soul realm. Because as David said. My soul longeth after thee O God. And God is interested in the desires of your soul. Now, it's not that you might have a request this evening or any day of your life that isn't pertaining to the flesh. All right, as I already said, he's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. One time, Jesus walked by the fig tree. You know the story. He walks by a fig tree and he's hungry. And so as he, he goes to, to get some figs off the tree, there's no figs on the tree. So what does Jesus do? He curses the fig tree. 
Bible said he hungered. He had a flesh desire. He wanted to eat something. And the God of all creation went to, uh, went to get some figs and there was no figs there. And he, he, he just cursed it. And the disciples in Matthew 21 saw it. They marveled after they came back and he, the fig tree was withered. And they said, how soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus said to them, verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Amen. Amen. So we take that as a promise. Though, and, and though even Jesus was giving the example, he was just hungry. But being hungered and and there wasn't anything there to feed his body, he cursed the tree and the tree died. Brother Branham says in one place, he says, speak to this mountain is the title of the message. He says, could you imagine quickly now that the great power that was in the Son of God, when he met the devil, he just took the Father's word to show how simple it was. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He says, could you imagine if you could only see the simplicity of God's eternal purpose and the sovereignty of His grace? Catch that statement. Listen, you don't find these statements anywhere else. This is the message that God sent to you. He says, if you could only see the simplicity of God's eternal purpose and the sovereignty of His grace. He says, could you imagine Him using His great power to put a curse on a tree because it didn't have any fruit on it and leaving thousands lay unhealed? That's our God who made all things, created the heavens and the earth. For His pleasure, we are created. Amen. Amen. They are made by Him and for Him. Is this your God? This is my God, and He's God. He can do anything He wants to. It's His creation. You know, people say today, well, I don't like the way God does this, and I don't like that, and you people believe in God. Who cares what they think? I don't really care, because God is sovereign. His grace is sovereign. He gives grace to whom He will give grace. Amen. He will have mercy upon whom He will have mercy. And that is the God that we serve. And we are just thankful to come under His grace tonight. Amen. And He says, He says, leave thousands lay unhealed. The tree is part of God's creation, the same as man is part of God's creation. But to show that he is concerned about trees, about insects, and then he stops, he says, if he's concerned about those, how much more is he concerned about you? Amen. Amen. Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. He says, take no thought for what you will wear, what you will eat. He says, uh, he says, a sparrow doesn't fall from the sky, but what my father knows it. He says, and how much more are you than a sparrow? Amen. He knows everything that goes on. He's, there's nothing that's a mystery to God. Everything is exactly in order. He's got it all under control. It may not work out exactly the way we think. We have an imagination. We have desires. We have ambitions. We have certain things that go on in our life. But things don't always turn out the way we desire. But they always turn out the way God knew they would turn out. There's no surprises to God. Can we say amen to that? 
I'm glad we serve a God like that. I'm glad that I have a God that cannot be surprised. Are you glad your God is like that? I'm glad He's like that. I'm just simple enough to be happy that I may not know everything, but He knows everything. Blessed be His name. I read, I read a quote a few services ago that I preached out of the breach and Brother Brandon was talking about how the meek shall inherit the earth and he's talking about the inheritance of the earth and how that it's been polluted. He said the forfeited title deed it's in the breach message. The forfeited title deed is now in the hands of the original owner, almighty God, the title deed to the earth and to eternal life when Adam forfeited it. Then Satan's dirty hands could not take it. So it went back to the original owner, God himself. All right. So that's the rights to the earth. That's the rights to everything that Adam and Eve had. He says, what's it doing in the hands of God? Waiting for redemption claims. God has a purpose in His great redemptive plan. We've come to the end of His redemptive plan. God has a purpose in what He's doing in this hour. God had a purpose in sending this message. God had a purpose in opening your eyes to this message. Amen. You're a part of this message. If there was no you, there would be no message. You were in the thoughts of God before He sent the message. And He knew it would take this message in this hour to bring us to our position of what He called us to be in Jesus Christ. The blood at Calvary paid the price for all of it, but now we've come to the fullness of the redemption purpose. Alright, I'm just... I'm just trying to keep the foundation sure for everybody. Now, he says, what's it doing in the hands of God waiting for redemption? He made a way of redemption. He made a way back and someday the Redeemer is to take it back. All right. He says, what is this book of redemption? Then he goes into the title deed, abstract title deed. Now remember it was sealed with seven seals. Faith is not the title deed. The title deed is the mysteries that laid under those seven seals. Faith was never sealed with seven seals. And so we find then that these, this title deed that was laying there, what was it though that in Revelation 5 would be held to the end time so that the Lamb could take the book and redeem the book and in redeeming the book, breaking the seals would loose the mysteries that would bring a faith into the church that would even change these mortal bodies. And, and in describing all that, you notice I never said you would do it. And I never said Brother Branham would do it. But the Lamb stems forth to take the book. And in taking of the book, he looses the seals. In loosing the seals, the seals were seven mysteries. The seven uh, mysteries that were contained in symbolic form in the Bible. But in the last days, the symbols would be revealed so that you would walk in the revelation of what God always had in the book from before the foundation of the world. It was the title deed. It was your inheritance. It was my inheritance. It was what Adam and Eve had. They never lost the right to it. And you never lost the right to it. What we lost was the ability to possess it. But Jesus came and paid the price of possession. And then he interceded for seven church ages. And at the end of the ages, he comes to take the book that we might not just have a right to it, but that we might also possess it. Amen. 
So we are now in possession of all that Adam and Eve lost. And there's the quote. He says, it's redemption means all legal possession to all that was lost by Adam and Eve. Oh my, what ought that to do to a born again Christian? It's legal possession to the abstract deed. Title deed of eternal life. Means that you possess everything that Adam and Eve lost. Hallelujah. You possess everything that Adam and Eve lost. Did you know that you have it available to you right now? Praise the Lord. But you don't see it the way Adam and Eve saw it. Because before the fall they lived in a perfect body. With perfect understanding. And they had that there in the Garden of Eden. Or at least Adam did we could say. Because he was in the original creation. Won't go into all the details of that. But nevertheless, that's what they had. They had the possession and they had the rights to it, but they lost the possession of it. But now the possession is given back. And what are we waiting for, Brother Tim? We're just waiting for our faith to catch up to what has already been done. All right. All right. That's just foundation. So then if we know who we are, then why are we hindered? From anything we have need of. Okay. We're sons of God. Daughters of God. Is that right? The power that created the universe dwells in you. If you got the Holy Spirit. Brother Brian said you got enough power in you to speak worlds into existence and go and live on it. Alright. So I'm challenging you tonight. Is this where your faith is? It's already laying in you. It's not something that's afar off. If you've been quickened by God Himself, He has put His life in you. And that power lays within every son and daughter of God that has been quickened by His Spirit. Alright? So we realize it's the Word has become revealed that we can see that we are a part of God that has been expressed from eternity. Who spoke on that? Was it you? The little... Time, that's what it was. Hickey. Uh, the little dip out of eternity. We came out of eternity. And, and, and we came into this realm. But we're still an expression of what was in eternity. We still are an expression of what was in God. We just have trouble seeing it here. Because of all the hindrances. The Bible says that Jesus dealt with the contradiction of sinners. Uh, all of his life, there was many people that had their own ideas, but the revelation of the word comes to the elect because we always were in God. Well, that was, that was always our position was to be in God. And what God is doing is seeking his attributes to quicken each and every one of them. All right. He's not looking for souls to accept something new. He's looking for souls that will accept who they are. The reason you were reborn is because you were seed. Only the elect can be reborn. Amen. These are, these are elementary things. This is actually a simple subject tonight. It's, it's not that deep, but, it, but it's just to, to bring it all together. All right. So Adam and Eve, Though they lost possession, that never changed the entitlement. It never changed their inheritance or our inheritance. As the Bible says in First Peter, that was reserved for us in heaven. 
So the, the revelation of the Word is the revelation of what was always in God for the manifestation of Himself in us. Alright? The revelation of the Word is what was always in God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the Word went to Calvary and died. And the, and the blood was shed was the blood of the Word. That was the Word that walked in flesh that shed His blood that we might be redeemed. And out of Him came a Spirit. Out of the Word came a Spirit which came back on the day of Pentecost. Amen. And come into the church to quicken the elect of God. What kind of a spirit is that? That's word spirit. That's God's own spirit. The words that I speak unto you, Jesus said, they are spirit and they are life. So God sending back His Spirit that He took out of Christ, as He took the feminine spirit out of Adam, He took the feminine part of the church out of Jesus. That in the last days, this day, the word masculine and the word bride would unite in an invisible union between the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride and bring us back together as one a day, one again. And that day Jesus said, you'll know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, I in you and you in me. Amen. This isn't rocket science. This is basic gospel. Amen. It's the purpose of God in our lives. So Brother Branham has asked a question. Now, we come to the maturity of the Word. We're here now. We believe that. How many believe we're in the maturity of the Word? How many believe you still got room to grow? I do too. Amen. We still got room to mature, but the maturity of the word is here. It's to bring the crop to perfection. We could talk about the wave sheaf and all of that, but this is where we are. And this is the faith that we have, that the word that we're feeding on is molding us into his image from glory to glory. It's changing us, maturing us. Amen. All right. So now Brother Branham in the maturity of the word, him being the wave sheaf for this age. As Christ was the wave sheaf for the church. But Brother Bradham being the wave sheaf of the age or the first one to come to maturity. Someone asked him a question. It's a very good question. He talks about the third pull. He said this, the third pull and speak is speaking the word. It seems entirely possible for you to speak the word and one would be completely and fully restored. Placed entirely ready for the rapture in the resurrection the son of man. And the question is, this is so or is it not? So someone's asking Brother Brown. Says, you've come to the place in your ministry, in your office, that it seems like you would have enough authority to speak the word over somebody and they would be completely matured, ready for the rapture, ready for the resurrection. Sounds like an easy way out, doesn't it? Amen. He said, and he says, and the question goes on, he says, you would do this if properly pressed upon. Would you not, and then it quotes, escape all those things, escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man? So there's the question. Here's Brother Brown. The same one that God said, speak to the storm. And the storm disappeared. 
The same one that God said, how many squirrels do you need? And he spoke the squirrels into existence. Is this the prophet? Amen. The same one that said uh, to Hattie Wright, when God said, you, you know, when she said, you've said the truth. And God said, give her whatever she asked for. That's the same man. That's a prophet of God. This, this is not, we're not playing church here. Seriously, we're not playing church here. It doesn't have to be me shouting at you. All right, this is, this is the realities of the spiritual. And here's a man of God, the prophet of God for the age, and someone recognizes his authority and says, you have the authority to speak the word, and if somebody pressed upon you in the right way, you would do it, would you not? And this, this is his response. Now, my dear friend, now I think that you got a good statement. Yes, sir. Now, that would be so. You said, Brother Branham, in other words, not polishing up what you said, but I believe it can make it a little bit clearer to the people. You are believing because of the spoken words and things like that that he said about, and all of you are witnessed the squirrels and all of these other things that have been done. But then he says, but did you notice that was sovereignly given? All right. I never asked him, Lord, let me do this. Speak these things like that. Do these things there. I never asked him that. He, by his own divine will, came to me and said, you do this. All right. So I'm talking now about the sovereignty of God. He said, and Brother Brown was explaining. He says, now I believe the Holy Spirit would come to me and say in a vision, go tell certain, certain person that they're trying to overcome a certain thing. They cannot do it. Maybe they're smoking, drinking, they're lying, stealing, committing adultery, whatever it might be. They got lustful spirit. He says, you, and you just go out there and you say, thou spirit, come out of there. I set this captive free. Would that take place? Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. It would It take place. But now upon my own presuming now, Presume means to adventure without authority. He says, I'd go down there to help this person. I'm just presuming that it'll be all right. Then I don't know. I can call the name of the Lord over them. I can pray for them. Do whatever I wish. And then he says, if I had my own way this morning, and then he talks about a lady that was in a wheelchair and came to the meeting. If he had his own way, he'd just speak the word over her and she'd be out of the wheelchair. We all would. Amen? Amen. If we had that authority. He says, if it was in my power, I have the authority to do it, but I have to wait for orders to do it. See, I have the authority from God to do it, but now when he gives the order, she'd go back home well. Amen. I know that is the truth. And I'd be willing, just as willing to die this morning on that as I'd be in anything. But first, you see, it's all that. And then he stops. He says, no one. Even Jesus himself said, the son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the father do it. Amen. That doeth the son likewise. We know that. John 5 and 19. All right. Ask anything. Believing. And you'll have what you ask. But it's on condition. Ask anything you desire. But what is your desire? 
And what is the source of your desire? What is the reason that you're asking? What is the reason that you're desiring something? I'll go back to David that said, My soul thirsts after thee, O God. Thirsts after the living God. In Scripture, sometimes the soul realm, and I want to speak about the soul realm, because in the Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, the soul can describe several different angles of one thing, and that is it means your existence. It means really who you are as as God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. It wasn't that he didn't have a soul before that, but but his his existence, his soul became living. He became into a body and he began to express that life in this realm. And sometimes the scripture is it describes the whole being and sometimes it just describes the most inner part of the individual, the soul, the inside of the inside. But in the terminology that we employ within the message... When we talk about the soul realm, we're talking about that which is inside of the body and inside of the spirit. The the soul controls the spirit, the spirit controls the body. Can you say amen to that? All right. In many places, Brother Brown says the soul is the nature of the spirit. And and so it's the soul that comes from God. And we, and, and we could say it this way, that that the soul is the real us. You haven't seen the real you. You haven't seen the real me. That's your soul. That soul that God created. And then He wrapped that soul in a spirit by which you can control the body that you're clothed upon. That's why the Bible says if this earthly tabernacle or we could say if this garment be dissolved, we have another one eternal in the heavens. We don't have another soul. The soul is you. But you're, if, if, if you don't live till the rapture, if you're laid in, if your body is laid in the ground, you don't lay there. That's just a garment that you wore in a temporary realm here, but you step into another garment on the other side. You step into another tabernacle on the other side. Alright, so, so we realize the inside of the inside is the soul that comes from God and that soul is purposed in this life. In that soul, we call it the seed gene, but in that soul is a purpose. In that soul that you have is something that is unique to you that is the reason that God put you here. Can you say amen to that? Our souls, we could say in the general realm, are, we could describe the general nature of the soul. It's either faith or unbelief. It's the inside man and all those kinds of things. In general terms, it's the same. But actually, to each one of us individually, if we could see a person's soul, yours would look different from yours, which would look different from yours, which would look different from yours. Because each one of you have a different purpose for which you have been put here. All right. The eternal sovereign God who has a purpose made you a certain way. Now, believe me, I don't even know why I'm so unctionized by this subject tonight. It's a very basic subject, but there's something on my heart that's driving me to say these things. And I trust that God will make it real to each and every one of us tonight because it's in the recognition of who we are that we find faith. You can't see who you are until you see who he is. Because you were in Him before the foundation of the world. And in Him was to be a Savior and a healer and a provider and a deliverer. And all of these attributes that He was to be in relationship with us. And so our attributes responds to His nature. 
And his relationship with us is established. Now, I got some quotes to back that up, but we'll just see how far we get this evening. Now, it's the soul out of necessity. It feels the anguish that you go through in life, whether it be in your flesh, whether it be in your mind. All right? Anybody got scars in their flesh? Anybody got wounds? Anybody got things you've suffered in your flesh that you still can identify the marks? You got identifiable marks in your flesh. That's the results of something that happened to you. You maybe fell as a little boy or you got in a car accident or, or, or you, somebody hit you or something happened or you, you got a disease or something and it caused a certain something in your body to react that never went fully back to normal. Those kind of things happen in the body and it leaves scars. Now, in your spirit realm, I'll ask the same question. How many of you in your mind have a scar? Have something in your memory that you know is always there and you hate thinking about it. Come on, let's be honest. Alright, just, I'm not just saying that you can support one another in that. Alright, to let the person know that really goes through it, you're not alone. We're all like that. That's why even the prophet David said, Lord, remember not the sins of my youth. How could he say that? Because he couldn't forget them. He couldn't forget the things that he did wrong, but he said, Lord, don't you remember them? Please, Lord, let them be in the sea of your forgetfulness. But Lord, I'm grieved by them every time I think about them. Every time that I think about, you know, I think when Brother Branham told his life story and he talked about the times, how that he put the bullet in the gun to kill those boys. I think that grieved him to tell that, but there was something about him. He had to say it. To let us know that even the prophet of God did things he ought never to have done in an unredeemed condition. And we have scars in our lives because of things we did in our unredeemed condition. But God wants you to know those are there for a purpose. But the real purpose of your life is in your soul realm. And your soul feels grieved when you think about those things. Your soul feels the anguish when you get into sickness. It's not just being sick, but it's also the inescapability of, of the weakness of this body. As Paul sought the Lord three times to take away the disease of his life, the eye trouble that he was having. And he says, I, I would that God would take. I sought the Lord three times and he, I wanted him to take it away. And I didn't want to deal with this. But he spoke to me and he says, you have need of it. Because of the abundance of revelation. Where's that? In the soul realm. The abundance of revelation that you're going to have in your life. You need something in your flesh. That's going to trouble you every day. So that you'll stay humble. Because if you didn't have a weak flesh. You'd think you're strong like you're a superman or something. Praise the Lord. That's the way God operates. Because he's dealing with the soul realm. He's not interested in us having a perfect body. Praise the Lord. Like one brother said, I'm in shape, rounds the shape, right? As we get older, I won't call any names here. As we get older, that great physique we had when we were young, you know, fades away a little bit. And we apologize to our wives. I, uh, 
I'm amazed. I have a father-in-law that's in way better shape than I am. I don't even want to look over there. I don't know how that guy does it. But you know, his wife takes good care of him and he exercises and does all those kind of great things and he's got a, a great physique. He's in great shape and I think he's in better, probably in better shape than I am. But nevertheless, God doesn't care if we have a perfect body. Would you say amen to that? All right, now I'm going to go a step further. God doesn't care if you have a perfect spirit. What God's interested in is your soul. And God allows certain things because He has a purpose in your individual soul. Why did this happen to me? Why did I have to go through that? Why did I have this kind of upbringing? Why did my parents have that kind of a problem? Why, why did I have to, why did this happen? And the, why did so-and-so say that? And why did, oh, so many things we've gone through in life. But there's one purpose in God allowing it, in that God is bringing that soul to its position. Because he has something that he wants to bring out of it. And so God, God has a purpose in these things. And it, uh, that soul realm, it might not feel, if we say feelings in the sense like the body feels or the spirit, but that soul has a yearning. The Bible calls it a deep calling. Alright, the deep calls unto the deep. We'll get to that in a little bit, but it, it's a deep call, a deeper calling or, a, or something that is greater than anything you feel in your flesh or anything that you feel in your spirit. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that the soul realm has a greater desire than anything my flesh desires. Because if you don't know it yet, your flesh still has fleshly desires because it is unredeemed. And by now you know that. It's the very reason that we make mistakes. Brother Branham says, I have to ask him to forgive me every day. Every day. It's a prophet of God. I gotta ask God to forgive me every day. Why? Because we got this mortal flesh that we're wrestling in. The flesh wars against the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wars against the flesh. But greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Amen. And I'll, I'll go further that say, if the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. Amen. It shall do it. You might say, how long is this quickening going to take? I don't know how long it's going to take. Abraham walked 25 years not paying attention to what the flesh was saying. He grew weaker in the flesh, but he grew stronger in faith. Believing that what God promised, he is able to fulfill. It looked impossible. It looked like it would never happen. It looked like they had made a mistake in having an Ishmael. They had done all kinds of things. But Abraham said, God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And I'll say there's going to be a rapture. Because there's been a rapture message. And there's a faith that's coming alive in the people. I was just talking to Brother Andreas Ringen in Germany this morning, who sends his greetings, and and he was he was just in Uganda, and we were just fellowshipping about the things that he saw, Brother Michael, the the meetings that he had, and the, a lot of the new ministers were there as well, and 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 so he was just saying it's a, it's amazing. Some people might not even believe that it's happening, but it's incredible what God's doing over there. And and I was just, I'm always rejoicing when someone gets to see it firsthand because it's so incredible that it seems impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. God is doing 
We could say a short, quick work. Thousands coming in. Still, thousands coming in. Brother Stephen said tomorrow, Brother Stephen Abali, I talked to him yesterday. He said, we're having a minister's meeting tomorrow. And uh, he said, uh, be, it'll be a large minister's meetings of, of new ministers. These are ones that I didn't get to meet with. Because the ones that I met with were the ones more uh, had come in under Fred Chienji. So now these are other ministers. And he, I said, good, send me pictures, send me video, and send me a few testimonies. I said, I'll really be interested. We'll put it on the podcast and, and kind of share that it would be too lengthy to put into a service. But God's doing great things. Because there's a purpose in every soul. That he has chosen before the foundation of the world. And the devil also wants your soul. But he'll, he, can't, he can't get to your soul if it's sealed by the Holy Ghost. All right? But he'll attack you in your flesh. And he'll meet the word in the battleground of your mind. And he desires to, the purpose of it is, is to, to get you to deny your soul. I want to, I say in that way for a reason. He wants you to deny your soul. To deny your soul is to deny your purpose. God chose you. I love that scripture that brother Tom used a while back. Out of, I think Isaiah 42. I am your God and I will strengthen you. I loved it. How that scripture put it. I, I, he wasn't just saying I will strengthen you. He says, I'm your God. I love it when he tells me that. I'm your God and I will strengthen you. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God and I will strengthen you. I'll pour strength into you. Oh, the Lord, but my flesh, but I'm your God and I will strengthen you. Oh, Lord, you don't, you know what I've been through, but it just bothers me so much, but I'm your God and I will strengthen you because I have a purpose for you. Amen. There's nothing. We know the scripture, no weapon formed against you will prosper. But the devil tries to get you, and that's the only way he can defeat you, is to get you to deny who you are. And who you are is what God put in your soul. It's a representation in him before the foundation of the world. But I'm here to say tonight that no matter what the devil does, that you will not deny, if you're an elect of God, you cannot deny that deep calling. It's so powerful that even a thousand or five thousand or whatever it was demons on the lunatic of the Gadarenes could not stop him from going to the word of God. They possessed his flesh. They afflicted him. They made his mind go out of cater and lose his mind until he was tormented and he stripped himself naked and run among the tombs and people had given him up, but there was a deep calling. Hallelujah. It was a predestinated soul. He was elected a seed of God. And when the word came by his way, he fell down at the feet of the word. Hallelujah. He didn't even have to say anything. He just fell at the feet of Jesus. And the demons did all the talking. Have you come to torment us before our time? This isn't our hour at all. Why don't you just, is it okay that we go over into this herd of swine? All Jesus had to say, all the word had to say was, go. Hallelujah. And I say to every demon here, go. Go. 
You've tormented God's bride long enough. Go. She's the elect of God. She's the, oh. She's the beloved of the Lord. I really was getting to a subject tonight, and maybe that's for a future. I couldn't get to it. But I wanted to speak on, he's the lover of my soul. Hallelujah. He is the lover of my soul. He's the lover of my soul. He's not the friend of my soul. He's not the acquaintance of my soul. Amen. He's not the amuser of my soul. He's the lover of my soul. Listen, in the natural, I have only one lover. And she sits right back there. It's my wife. That's my lover. That's the only one that I'm intimate with. But he is the lover of my soul. Hallelujah. He's the one that desires that kind of a relationship with his seed, with his bride. An intimate relationship with every one of us individually. That's why he loves to give his seed to the elect. Hallelujah. I better, I better leave that one. I'll, I'll never get where I want to. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm glad he's the lover of my soul. I don't have anything on it in my notes. I, I did all my notes here and, and, and I was aiming for the lover of my soul and I never got there. Mother Michael knows that because I sent him a song. I said, I want this, the last verse of this song of, uh, available and he was diligent and did that and thank you for that maybe next time i preach hallelujah all right yeah i can see it now i I should have a pen and be making notes for my next service it's that purpose that's in you that drives you It's that purpose that is eternal. In other words, it came from eternity. It never had a beginning because it's a part of God. That means it can never end. It makes us a part of God so you can never end. You're a part of the eternal purpose of God. Let me read you a couple of quotes now here. He says, if you got eternal life, there's only one form, and that's God. And you are an expressed attribute, is in future home. He says, the Holy Ghost is eternal. Then you are in eternity where you was all the time. But you just recognized what happened. Praise the Lord. I love this message, because I recognized what happened. It makes me recognize what is wrong with this flesh. It makes me recognize what is wrong with the scars of my mind. It causes me to recognize. I recognize what happened. I was born in sin. I was shaped in iniquity. I come into the world speaking lies. I I walked according to the spirit that works now in the children of disobedience. I walked, I had my conversation in the lusts of my flesh and in the lusts of my mind. And all of that, all the while that was going on, there was something on the inside of the inside that was a part of God. Hallelujah. That I didn't have to find, but He found it. 
He came by my way, as we could say, I heard that eagle cry. I was, I thought I was a chicken in the chicken yard, but I found out I was an eagle in the chicken yard. Amen. And I heard the scream and I responded because my nature was different. Not my ideas were different. Not my scars were different. Not my flesh was different. No, my soul was different. My nature was like his nature so it could respond to him. It could respond to his words. So Brother Bram says the Holy Ghost is eternal. Then you are in eternity where you was all the time. But you just recognized what happened. You were made for an eternal purpose. I'll say it again. You were made for an eternal purpose. You were made for an eternal purpose. You weren't made for the devil. You weren't made for this age that's going to end. And I got a quote on that. You weren't made to have an end. You were made for an eternal purpose. Hallelujah. What I do is eternal. What I do has an eternal benefit. If I witness to somebody, I'll be connected to that person throughout all eternity. I was made for an eternal purpose. My family, my offspring, all of that, in the end, they will be there. Why? Because I was made for an eternal purpose. I don't know what their purpose is. I have enough hard time remembering my purpose. But they have to go to God and they have to find their purpose. Amen. I look at Brother Bisco's daughters here. They have children. And they got to know their purpose. And their children have children. And they got to know their purpose. They got to each one come to the revelation. I was in God before the foundation of the world. And my purpose in being here is eternal. Amen. Amen. And your purpose in being here is not just, oh, well, it's Wednesday night. I guess we'll go to church. No, it's the eternal purpose. Your purpose in being in this age is eternal. Amen. We're all on the same page, I can see. You were made for an eternal purpose because you was the manifestation of an attribute that was in God that thought of you and expressed you. And he made an earth to take you out of and to make you a human being. And sin come along and perverted his way. You come anyhow. But you was lost in the world, so he come and redeemed you. The expressed attribute and also redeems the earth by the same way. It says, then his purpose rolls on. It's eternal. It's without beginning and without ending. Is this all right tonight? Amen. I sense you're just right with me. Who is this Melchizedek? Now he says these words. Being eternal with him at the beginning. The eternal life that you had... His thought of what you was. He wanted me to stand in the pulpit. Say, he's just using that as an example. He says, he wanted you to sit in the seat tonight. Then we are serving his eternal purpose. When I think of every service, I love sitting there and just listening to these brothers preach. I've really enjoyed the meetings. I've enjoyed everyone's preaching. Some of them are more exuberant than others, and they're all more exuberant than I am. But I've enjoyed the preaching. I've enjoyed the Word. 
Now, they have a flesh too, and sometimes things come out. As Brother Brown said, I'm sorry, that was my flesh speaking. You know, sometimes we have to admit we say things in an incorrect way because we're human. Is that okay? All right. But when it's the Word, there's something that stirs us. And I think about sitting in a service. And I think about sitting in the chair or sitting in the pew and somebody's ministering the Word of God. I'm sorry, cameraman, to wander all over the place. But as I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm pondering something eternal is happening here. I was sitting there Sunday morning when Brother Murphy was preaching. Wasn't that a feast? And I I thought to myself, that's exactly what I prayed for this morning. Lord, I want a feast. I want to feed on Your Word. I want to be locked in with the Word tonight. I want to be so locked in with You that the time element just fades away. Till I can feel the eternity rising up within me. And I realize it keeps hitting against the wall of this flesh. Keeps hitting against the wall of this flesh. But one day, hallelujah, death shall be swallowed up in victory. One day, the eternal element will break through. And the body will hold it no more. And this mortal will become immortality. This corruptible will become incorruption. And that which I desire will no longer be hindered, will no longer be restrained. There won't be something to say, oh, my throat is too sore. Oh, I can't sing tonight. Or, oh, you know, I'm too tired. Or, I don't know if I can preach this whole story. I might lose my voice. That don't mean nothing anymore. Hallelujah. Be careful, because in heaven, preachers never get tired. My daughter's going, mercy. But we'll enjoy it. Hallelujah. Eternal. He says, he wanted me to stand in the pulpit, say he wanted you to sit in the seat tonight. Then we are serving his eternal purpose. So don't, don't let it become a church element for you. Don't let it just become, you know, I'm a part of this church. No, there's an eternal element to this service. There's an eternal element to every service. God's moving in a specific way. And, and, and I want to catch that eternal part. Seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He says, we're serving His eternal purpose. And the one that left home only come to the earth to serve His purpose. He's talking about Jesus. Is that right? All right, then after it's finished, it's brought back into a glorified state. Now he's referring to all of us. He's saying it's matured and brought back again. So we came from an eternal realm, dwelled in a body of sin. We became redeemed and we are maturing that we might go back to him again. God has a purpose in all of this. All right. So then someone asked Brother Branham another question way back in the Hebrew series said, when you say the wicked will not burn eternally, do you mean in hell or in the lake of fire? Because he, the, the wicked have souls. What happens to their souls? He says, I know that in Revelation says that hell will be cast in the lake of fire. If they do not burn eternally, what becomes of them? 
And I'll just read you briefly a part of this. He says, just as I got through saying, brother or sister, whoever it was, they become extinct. There's no more to them. Then he goes down on and describes them. He says, but we who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ have Zoe, God's own life in us, and have eternal life, not have life forever and ever. He's talking about they burn forever and ever. That's a space of time. But he says, we don't have life forever and ever. The sinner has life forever and ever, but we have eternal life. Okay. He said, then he said, then he goes back to the question, what will become of them? And he begins to answer it again. They become extinct. No more to them. The soul goes. The spirit goes. The life goes. The body goes. The thoughts go. The memory goes. There will be no more thoughts of even evil. Ever. In glory. Hallelujah. Doesn't the Bible say, and he says, and it does say, even the thoughts of the wicked shall perish. Even the thoughts. Aren't you glad you have eternal life? Well, I got done my foundation. Let me just go one more portion. All right. Is that all right? I said to me, I'm not going to be like those young brothers and be long-winded. Eat my words, won't I? It's the purpose now within your soul that God responds to. That's what God responds to. Remember when I started the beginning, I said, why do we ask? And how do we ask? You see, it's the purpose of the soul that God responds to. And I, I was thinking about Hannah calling on God. And how that, you know, she called on God for many years in her desire to have a child. But yet, there was obviously something that hindered her because there was a great purpose in her life and that God was going to bring forth a son as the firstborn from her womb and that son was going to be a prophet the prophet Samuel. But he had, but it wasn't going to be born just of the flesh, nor of spirit desire. Now we know that in the, in the natural, a woman's desire, I've seen it, is to hold a baby. Doesn't matter whether it's their baby or somebody else's baby, right? You've all seen that, you brothers that have wives, you've seen them, they just take a baby in their arms and they just Oh, they just coo and they just, you know, talk to the little baby and all those things. Isn't that one? That's that feminine part. Brother Marco, I'd never seen you do that. All right? That's that feminine part, you know, that they're just made a certain way. And they just love a baby. Well, Hannah was no different than any other woman. She wanted to have her own. Right? She wanted to have her own baby to hold. She wanted to feel that. She wanted to cuddle that. She wanted to nurse that. She wanted to be a part uh, of what all the naturals pertaining to motherhood. But I don't believe that got a response from God. And in her spirit, there was much laying there. In her spirit, as she endured the taunts of Penina. And uh, 
how that, you know, she would, Penina would have children and, you know, kind of hint that, you know, maybe not so hinting, but say, you know, Hannah, maybe you've done something wrong or God's not having favor on you and all these kind of scars in her mind. You know, we say things about people and we don't realize how we scar them sometimes. Be careful how you raise your own children. Be careful what you say to your own children. I regret many things that I've said in front of my own children. I thought, Lord, I wish I had never said that. That, that really wasn't the right, right way to phrase that. But, you know, there she was in her spirit and, and no doubt having a desire in her spirit realm to have a child. But really there was an eternal purpose in her life. You know, you could say, well, is there something in the spirit that's a desire to be a mother? Well, listen, an animal doesn't have a soul. But a possum was so much of a mother in that animal spirit that she protected her babies and brought them all the way to a prophet's house to be prayed for. All right. So a spirit can can lead a mother to do motherly things. But it wasn't just her spirit that God was interested in. There was a soul laying in that woman. This woman was going to be in the lineage, uh, or not the lineage, but in the economy of God. And she was going to have a place that only she could hold. You see, because God does not have plan B. God does not make mistakes. God chose you. He chose the home you were raised in. He chose your grandparents. He chose your great-grandparents. He chose everything about you because He's got a specific purpose in the soul that you are to bring forth in the age that you're living in. And, and, and she couldn't understand this yearning. Elkanah, her husband, certainly couldn't understand it. He gave her better gifts than he gave Penina. He's, he's like any man, you know, I'm going to fix this. Right? I'm going to solve this problem. She's feeling down. You know, I'll give her uh, a nicer coat than Penina. You know, I'll, I'll give her a, a better camel than Penina. You know, I'll, I'll give her all these things, you know. And uh, and then I'll even tell her I love her more than Penina. Listen, I love you the best. And, you know, aren't I better to you than ten sons? And, you know, all that was wonderful. But there was something on the inside of the inside that said, that's nice. But there's some deep calling here. I can't let it die. Amen. That's the same in every son and daughter of God. God has a purpose for you and it will not die. Hallelujah. I'm glad it won't die. You might feel like your life has passed you by. I'll tell you what. That purpose that God has for you will never pass away because it's an eternal purpose. Amen. You can't escape it. And it won't escape you. It's a deep calling. Oh my. There's lots of things that are not part of it. There's lots of things that are conflicting. But let me tell you something. The answer lays in the soul. And that soul can only get an answer to that deep calling from a deep responding. And that deep responding comes directly from the Logos. It comes directly from the Word. In the beginning was the Word. You were there. In the beginning was the Word. There was a speck, a part of it. That was me. I don't understand it. I know I wasn't conscious because I didn't exist 
in this form. But yet there was a speck there that was the eternal part of what I am. And it come to me all the way down through this age. And the only way I could understand why I'm here is an answer from that Logos. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now we could go through the entire redemptive purpose of God. And the Word became flesh. And the Word went to Calvary. And the Word sent His Spirit back. And the Word sent a certain anointing into seven church ages. And the Word made Himself known through messengers. And the Word revealed Himself in every age. And the Word come down to the last age. And in the last age there was a Tim Dodd. And then there was a Tim Dodd that grew up and, and was just a normal child and just lived in that age. But one day, that Word, that was in the beginning had unfolded itself all the way down through a message and a messenger down to the last stage and that attribute that was called Tim Dodd heard that word hallelujah and the deep calling said there it is hallelujah there it is I went to this church. I went to that church. I heard this sermon. I heard that sermon. Sounded kind of like it. Sounded like, yeah, there's a God. Yeah, there's salvation. Yeah, there's eternal life. Yeah, there's a rapture. I heard about all those things. But one day, a revealed mystery came forth to my life and said, did you know what the sin was in the Garden of Eden? I said, there it is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He introduced himself to me. And he introduced me to myself. So when, when Hannah came to that place of that soul desire, that part she couldn't understand. I got a nice husband. He loves me. He gives me good gifts. All these kind of things. See, sisters, God wants you to have a personal relationship with Him. It's not just your husband. Sorry, husbands. It's not all about you. You're you're the head of the home. You're the other half that she needs. But she still needs a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That individual walk that says he's the lover of my soul too. Can you say amen to that? Amen. All the brothers said. Amen. amen. It's a reality. And Hannah came to that realization. I have a purpose. Go ahead, musicians, you can come. I'll get to my point here. Brother Bradham, many places in the message in praying for people. He says, have faith in God. And then he makes this statement many times. He says, believe Him with all your heart. Believe Him with all your heart. Now, if you're believing God with all your heart, that means you're not doubting anything. You're not being distracted by anything. You're not letting anything else move you. But you're believing Him with all your heart. He says, believe Him with all your heart and you can receive what you ask for. See, it's that heart realm. It's that soul realm. He says, it's your faith that does it, not me. It's the lovely one who's here tonight, the one that I spoke of today, and set with unwashed feet. He loves you so much. He didn't turn... 
or he loves you so much, don't turn him away. Accept him in your heart. You might be sick in your flesh, but accept him in your heart. You might have troubles in your spirit, but accept him in your heart. Let it be a love relationship between you and him in his heart. He says, he says, oh, what a sin it would be for you to go away from here tonight disbelieving. After he's come from glory to do these things, he says, be merciful. God, be merciful. He's crying out for this woman because he wants her to receive it in her heart. That's what we come for tonight. I don't want you to understand this message tonight. I want you to receive it in your heart. If it's the word of God, it's a response to the deep that's calling within you. And the Holy, only the Holy Spirit himself can interpret it differently to this soul and to that soul and to this one and to that one. He can take a statement that I make, a single statement that I make, and it means something different to Brother Ibia than it means to Brother George, than it means to Sister Tracy or somebody else here tonight. It can be the same statement, but the Holy Spirit will come down and it will strike your heart. And we'll sit here and we'll say, my God spoke to me tonight. Hallelujah. My God spoke to me tonight. I don't know what else Brother Tim said, but my God spoke to me tonight. I came for a union with him and I received it. I came for a feast on Sunday and I received it. Amen. I was here in the presence of the Lord and God was speaking. Hallelujah. And then he goes on. He says, just a moment, sister. Look this way. I'm a stranger. I suppose we're many years apart in age. You're a young woman. I know nothing of you. My God knows all about you, doesn't he? If God will let me, his servant, know what you're here for, will accept it? Then he said, friends, there's just such a faith pulling from the audience. Honest. I can't hardly see the audience. It's just such a faith pulling, a faith arising. And then he says, I see a vision, a child right back there. He says, is there a child laying down here? He says, got a rupture, hasn't he? Is that right, lady? You believe him? The child is hid, but not from God. He knows right where it's at. Do you believe me, mother? Lay your hand on your child. You you and dad there, ask God, Father, be merciful. Will you do it? Grant that no harm that comes, but that Jesus, the lovely one, will heal the child for the glory of God. He says, amen. What happened? He says, your faith touched him. Not mental faith. Not physical actions. But your soul connected with him. Why are you here today under this message? Your soul connected with him. I can't even get to where I want to get to. But I'll say it this way as we stand together. David said it this way, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. He says in Psalms 25, O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Won't you lift up your soul to him tonight? Say, Lord, I, I want you to come down into this realm of my soul. Let's bow our heads together. Why don't you just play? 
I'll just play it as well with my soul, Brother Ryan. As we're in his presence tonight, listen, there's a real faith in here tonight. As the Holy Spirit was speaking and ministering to your soul, your soul responded to him. Why don't you just stand before him tonight? It's not an altar call. We're here in the presence of Almighty God. You may be at home tonight. Maybe you're standing, maybe you're sitting. It doesn't matter. You might want to stand in faith to Him. and Say, Lord, You spoke to my soul. I want to say, Lord, quicken my soul. I want to say, Lord, unto You, I lift up my soul. I don't any longer pay attention to the distractions of the mind. I may be in need in my body, but Lord, I want to connect with You on a faith level. I want to connect with You in my soul. Oh, may God come down to You tonight beyond what You feel, beyond what You think, beyond Your mental gymnastics of distraction in this age of high pressure and stress. May He just come right down to you in your eternal purpose tonight. Maybe you've been wondering. Maybe you've been seeking God. Maybe you've been desiring something from Him. May He just come even now and say, You're my child. I birthed you into this age for a reason. May you receive His Word tonight and the quickening of the power of His Word. Heavenly Father, you see your children that are present in your presence tonight, Lord. Definitely a real pull on the word tonight. Definitely a real presence here tonight. A real faith reaching out to you, Lord, in this gathering that's here tonight. There might be some even that's gathered at home, maybe still battling the symptoms of COVID, Lord. But their soul is reaching out to you, Lord. I think, Father, of the woman that washed your feet. She had to get beyond her flesh. Lord, she had to get denied the flesh side which people looked at her and said, we know who she is. She had to get beyond that, Lord. Lord, she had to get beyond the mind realm of the wrestling of, of all her sins and why would he listen to me? But Lord, you sat there and you let her wash your feet. And you said, her sins which are many are forgiven. Hallelujah. You were the lover of her soul, oh God. You came to that feast just for that purpose. That you could meet with her and let her know you're mine. Lord, you've come to us in the revealing of your word. Lord, may you pour that into every individual here. May the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ pour through lives, O God. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you'll just quicken individuals. I pray if there's physical infirmities here tonight, I pray that the quickening power of the Holy Spirit, as we are in one mind and one accord, let it move through this meeting. Let those that are weak say, I'm strong. Lord, let every individual, O God, just claim their healing tonight. If there's somebody troubled in their mind, may they lay their trouble down. Lord, may they confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. May you just quicken them tonight. Hallelujah. I was thinking of the Bondies just now, Lord. They were here on Sunday in great need. Lord, they might be listening tonight. May you go into their home. Oh God, may you quicken, Lord. Even now, Lord, may you quicken, Father. The flesh means nothing. 
The spirit opposition means nothing. Lord, you're here to loose the purpose of the soul. We give you glory, Lord. Be with those that are away, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Strengthen each one. We commit all to you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your grace in our lives. In Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. When peace like a river I take my way
without music. It is well. It's our confession tonight. With my soul. Yes, Lord, I'm one of yours, oh God. It is well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful, Jesus. Lord, you spoke to our souls tonight. You brushed past the flesh. But even brushing past the flesh, Lord, you touched us. Even if we just touched the hem of your garment, Lord. It makes a difference. You entered in through those senses in the mind, oh God. You pushed back the opposition of the reasoning or imagination. The scars of the memory. The complexes in our conscience and our reasonings, oh God. But we, we felt you move beyond that, Lord. And Lord, we want to confess with our souls. How much you love us, oh God. Lord, how much you love that woman. I can't get her off my mind. Father, that you said, He that is forgiven little loveth little. But to him who is forgiven much loveth much. And this woman's many sins are forgiven her, oh God. Oh Lord, how good it was for her to hear the word. And how good it is for us to hear the word. I pray, Lord, you'd go with your people tonight. Encourage them in the word tomorrow and the day after. And the day after. May they be in the word. Lord, may it minister to their soul. May it bring out, anoint, and declare the eternal purpose that each one is here for. We give ourselves to you, Lord. We say, forgive us our shortcomings, O God, which must be voluminous in your sight, Father. I'm thankful that you know we're just men and women. We're just sinners saved by grace. We can approach you in that way in the sovereignty of your grace. But Lord, we say thank you that it is well with our souls. Thank you, Father. We give ourselves to you if there's somebody under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you as their Savior. May they look up even now and say, Lord, forgive me. I accept what you did at Calvary as the price for my sins. And may you make yourself alive in them, we pray. We give all to you, Lord give this service to you, give our ways to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. 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 I apologize I couldn't get it done any quicker. That was as fast as I could preach to about the one-third mark in that subject. But I pray that it did something real in your souls. He is the lover of your souls. I hope he allows me to preach on that in the days ahead. May the Lord bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. May he give you strength for the day tomorrow. Shake one another's hand as you go. God bless you.